welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to Turn the Page Podcast. I am your host today, Jessica, and I'm super happy. This is one of my favorite types of interviews because um, I am interviewing a Syosset alum who um, you wrote a book and you have like so many other great things going on. Um, So um, this is going to kind of be equal parts talking about uh, your book um, uh, for my sister. And it's going to be a little bit more also about your time in Syosset. I hope that's okay with you. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I'd love to talk about (laughs) Syosset. So um, without any further ado, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to uh, our audience and um, tell us about uh, your novel and everything else. Sure. So my name is Pooja. My last name's Shaw. Um, same name as when I was at Sayaset. I graduated Sayaset High School in 1999. And it's been a long time. And like Jessica mentioned, a lot's happened. So you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing to see um, how my affinity for my hometown still remains. Uh, every time I meet anyone from Syosset, I'm like, so happy. Uh, but yeah, I, I wrote a book recently. It's debuting on October 18th. Um, it's very exciting. I have been an avid writer my whole life, including my time in Syosset. Um, I took a little turn and went into healthcare. Um, I was in public health for for a number of years and um, finally decided to give this a shot, got a book deal last year, and it's coming out. It's called For My Sister, and um, it's about two twin girls, Amla and Asya. Uh, They are um, unknowingly trafficked in India um, after a confluence of unfortunate events that occur, Um, yet their sister bond is so strong, so the novel follows them throughout, and the reader is then then learns if they uh, come back to each other or not, so that's just the book in a nutshell. And I'm excited to talk about it and, and everything. It sounds like um, you've had an interesting journey and you write a story about um, two identical twins who have an interesting journey in and of itself. So I guess kind of working backwards. um, So where did the roots of this story begin? And I know that the story, it deals a lot with um, with trafficking, human, uh, you know, child trafficking, human trafficking. Um, could you talk a little bit about the research uh, that went into the story and if um, that came first and the story came later? Yeah, no, that is a really good question. Um, like I had mentioned, I took a turn in my career and life in healthcare. Um, I actually worked in public health. I was the state of California's um, dental consultant for a number of time. I went to dental school um, like my immigrant parents who had come here and immigrated here. And while I loved writing um, to them, that was a passion and it it always was a passion. Um, And they really wanted me to focus on careers that one, got them out of India. And two, um, they were like, oh yeah, this is a great career. I was 18. I'm like, sure, why not? You know, and and I, I did. I loved my dental career. It took some time for me to emerge as a writer. Um, however, that career did lead me and open doors for me. And one of them was traveling to Uganda 
I worked with an organization called Just Like My Child Foundation. Um, they have something called the Girl Power Project, which is near and dear to my heart um, and empowers girls and villages with education, um, allowing people to see how when you empower one girl, um, you can empower a whole village and community. And uh, and there's a number of research they have behind behind their education program. And so when I got when I opened my eyes, I was there actually volunteering as a dentist, I ended up opening a dental clinic out um, in the where it's a small village two hours outside of Kampala, which is the main city there. Um, and it, it opened my eyes to the agency I wanted um, to highlight with the girl child. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, while, you know, we talk about girls rights here in the US, and there's a number we're still working on a lot, as we know right now, what's happening with women's rights. And so um, there's so much that we want to change. Um, I started to really feel this affinity to want to work and um, advocate for those that do not have a voice, um, and and especially with girls. And so then I went on and I worked in India um, with another organization, and, and now Girl Power is also in India. And I started to uh, want to go back to my roots. And so this story kind of comes from that passion. It comes from this feeling of, of wanting to create social change um, and advocating and giving voice to, to someone who's voiceless uh, to, in so many words to say. So that's where that came from. Uh, it started as a short story. I had not planned on writing the novel. Um, I was making a, a collection of short stories and um, and I was always submitting short stories throughout my career. Um, and then uh, finally I said, why don't I, why don't I just write a book on it? Um, and this story just took its own turn. There was just so much more to add. Um, eventually I just kept working on, on just this one. And then that's how the novel unfolded. Yeah. That, I mean, again, it's, it sounds like, again, you started, at what would have been an ending for somebody and not a bad one, I totally. mean, <laughs> you know, going and becoming a dentist and, you know, working, uh, that's not, a, that's great, but you, you know, you, you took this um, opportunity and it sort of led you back almost to the beginning again. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a really great way to put it. Um, I spent years as literary editor at Ken Magazine. Over, I don't even know if Ken still I exists. Totally, a uh, Ken Magazine. I don't know if Ken is still okay. around, <laughs> but um, I I don't recall if I ever submitted anything to Ken. But I knew okay. several people who did. So yeah. yeah. So it was um, that was like my lifeline in high school. Um, it's funny, my parents would you know, the, it was like the chair of English, my, my, you know, honors English teachers, AP English, oh, they would all call my parents and be like, you know, she's got a talent, right? Like I was, some, I, I won some PTA, um, some award uh, for the PTA and became like the national award or some, something something it was doing. And, and as you know, SAS, it's so wonderful. We had like connections and all these, um, all after open doors for all, for the students. And I thought that was really, uh, really cool. And, and, and my English teachers were so encouraging. I mean, I, I was constantly encouraged to submit or to um, write more, or they'd read passages of what I wrote out loud. I mean, it just gave me confidence, you know, and that was the biggest thing that um, I, I loved writing and it was through their guidance, support and understanding and, and just telling me that I was a good writer. I think that was what I, uh, what made me realize this is 
this is something I love. And so that is where that seed got planted. So to come full circle, yes, it's for sure um, came from there, I think. So the twins, um, <laughs> were they like, did you talk to um, a lot of young women who'd been through this through, uh, you know, to some girls did, were they really based on anybody or were they sort of um, an amalgam of just different people? That's a good question. Um, my twin fascination definitely occurs. I was an avid reader um, back when I was a teenager. And one of the novels I remember reading, um, it was by Wally Lamb. I, I don't even know if he's a very, you know, author from back then. And I think I can't remember. I th it must have been She's Come Undone. And then there was another one on twins, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, is that the one on twins? I think. Is that? I, I think. <laughs> this is the part of the episode where I do the um on the the in real time um um research the but the book about twins let's see is it I know this much is true oh yes good yes. one yes, I know this one. much Thank is you. true so that book I remember reading that and just fascinated with the idea of twins and so um, I also have a sister uh, and her and I are extremely close. She's also, you know, obviously a Sayasa native. Um, and then she moved out here. I, I'm in San Diego. So she moved out here um, when she came to grad school. And of course we were together again and have a very strong bond. And so this idea of, of the sibling bond, but even deeper for the twins, I, I ended up uh, interviewing a twin psychologist, um, Barbara Klein, who, she's wonderful. She helped me understand um, some of it. She gave me resources and I ended up reading um, some of that research she sent on this idea that twins can have ESP. They, there, there have been reports of twins um, having a, almost a telepathic connection uh, more so than, than siblings like my sister and I, who already are so close. And so that fascination led me into creating a story about twins. Um, and then on top of it, uh, just, yes, I, I did, I interviewed, um, you know, throughout the girl power project, but also after that, um, during the research of the novel, I interviewed a nonprofit called Oasis India. Um, I had a, many questions around the, what happens when girls are trafficked, um, it, what they do, um, on the ground, the awareness that they, that they promote. I mean, they're just, they were an abundance of information. And so gaining, gaining that, um, as well as having them, you know, read my novel really helped me uh, make it real, but then also have the fictional element of, of what I wanted to create. I wanted to create a world where these girls were, were like all girls, like one of them writes poetry and, and one of them um, is not sure what she wants to do. And she's a rebel and, you know, and create that, that world where it's, it makes someone who is reading this um, what I would hope is, to feel so connected to them and to understand that, well, this happens everywhere. It happens in our country. It happens in India. It happens in Europe. It happens all over. Um, and who it happens to is someone just like me. And so that's really the, uh, the crux of it on a deeper awareness level is what I was trying to get at and, um, and create. So they are created, as you can say, like you were mentioned, like you were asking, uh, however, um, there are real like elements to where they come from. Um, I'm a poet. So that was easy for me to make her, uh, you know, love poetry. Um, there's photography in there. There's, uh, they spent a lot of time in New York city, one of them. So all my time in New York city was, was really 
my memories, you know. So that that was just really the fun part of of creating that world and, and these characters. So talk a little bit about Deep Origins. Oh, sure. Um, so Deep Origins, thank you, is my husband and I, we have a company. Um, we have an e-commerce site. It's, uh, you know, it's our, it's our baby. We, um, we sell meditation products. Um, and we also prior to that sold, uh, had meditation courses. Um, I have, uh, three t- yoga teacher trainings. So mindfulness and yoga are a huge part of my life. Um, it's woven into the novel as well. Um, they're the girls, uh, have a yoga teacher at their school. And so when they're in these situations, they, um, they fall back on that sometimes not without even knowing that that's what they're doing. And so I kind of put that in there as well. So yeah, that's just, it's just our company. <laughs> when did you get the, um, the, the book deal? And um, when, like, when did you write this from start to finish? How long did it take you? So I started, I'm a mom. So that's a really loaded question because I started and finished things. Um, but I, I started the novel back in 2012, I want to say as a short story. So yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, you, meant, you meant, you mentioned the short story. Yes. Yeah, so that was, that was 20, it was 10 years ago. Um, and then I would slowly start to build on it every once in a while. Um, I, I can't, I didn't pay much attention to it. Um, for my kids early years, I was really focused on yoga and, you know, my career and, and our company. And then, um, I re re-engaged writing it. Uh, I want to say just about five years ago, I thought, let me pull this out. And I, I had gone to a writer's conference in San Francisco. It was a mommy needs a break weekend. Um, and you know, <laughs> you're nodding and know no, you know. there's no, mommies <laughs> never need a break mommy oh right yeah never ever 24 7 so um it was just yeah so about five years ago um I, I thought let me just re- bring this out again and it felt so amazing to be like reading it out loud with other writers I was in workshops working on it and that's when I really started putting a little more into it my public health career took off and I was working so many hours I was traveling a lot. So then I would only really work on it when I traveled. It was when the pandemic happened, um, everything slowed down. I was no longer running to Sacramento. Um, I, I had started thinking, I want to focus on my nonprofit more. I have a nonprofit with my, a family foundation. And I thought, well, what are the causes I really want to work on? And again, this idea of the girl child came to me. So I thought, well, let me work on this novel and, and figure out this, you know, talk about this nonprofit. And it was about, um, in 20, you know, 2020, I walked down the stairs and I had been at my laptop, like almost every night, uh, just working on the book. I told my husband I was done. And he said, what, you know, he's like, what do you mean you're done? Like, it was just out of nowhere, but really it wasn't out of nowhere. I had just finally had the space. I wasn't, you know, we all were home and not going anywhere. So that was the blessing of that pandemic. Um, I finished my novel. I started working with an editor, um, and so 20, December of 2021, after a lot of querying, um, for anyone out there who's an aspiring writer, um, you know what the cold querying feels like. It is horrible um, to get rejections, to not hear from agents, to not hear from publishing, you know, from publishers. Um, finally, I, I December of 2021, I got an interview with um, an indie publisher. They were interested. I still didn't want to feel like excited about the whole thing because I didn't know what would happen. I was kind of burnt at that point. Um, I was going to take a break from querying and 
And of course, I think that's what the universe does when we let things go, um, doors open. And so they, they gave, they, they offered a deal, um, about a week before my 40th birthday. So, <laughs> so Excellent. it was a birthday that's present. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool. Um, and then that's, it's just been the journey since then, just with the, with them, with, you know, uh, building out until, until it comes to life out in the world. Uh, it's the editing process has now been done. So it feels really good. It feels good to just finally be able to birth this book. Awesome. So, um, talk a little, so you were talking before about, um, you know, some of the teachers that really encouraged you. And um, I'm curious who they were, because I think you you graduated in 99. So you're two years younger than me. Okay. So we were around the same time. We probably had some of the same teachers. I'm sure we did. So obviously for Ken Magazine, it was Mr. Collier. Yes. Was he here when you were there. Um. So he, I mean, I can't, he like, he was amazing. I mean, the way, the way the submissions worked for Ken magazine where they were, they, you know, there was no name on them and it, but he just knew my writing. He just knew it. So he'd see it and he knew it was one of my stories, I think. But anyway, um, he just kept telling me to keep submitting and keep writing. And then, then I, he was like, are you going to join? You know? And then I became, I was on literary editor. I was on staff. Um, and, and every year for, from, my sophomore to senior year, I won best piece. And it was clearly evident that it was his support guidance that just like encouraged me to keep submitting and writing. And so he's one. Um, Dr. Simons was my teacher in my last year. Was he there when you were there? I, I think so, but I do not think I actually had him. This is the, this is the part where I was just like, I know the name. Was that somebody yeah, I had? He- he was a really great teacher. I don't know if he, you're right. I think he had, um, you know, he had, but he, what was great about him was, uh, he suggested we read books that weren't really mainstream in our, and, and to do that in public in public high school, I thought was really amazing. One of the books he had us read at the time was black boy. It's by Richard Wright. Yeah. I read that also. Um, yeah. I, I do not remember now I'm having one of those, um, I, I don't know what it, what, what they just, call it, where you're, where you're going back and you're just like, oh, maybe it was him. But um, yeah. yeah, we read that. That I was actually just thinking about that book the other day. Oh, wow. So, so he's the one who had really said we have to read this book. So he might have opened the gate for, for people, you know, wanting to, to do it before I got taken his class. But um, when I took his class, we read it. And um as you know, that was a book that's been banned in many schools. Um, they think it's political, religious, but it just opened my eyes um, to social justice. And and I had already been there. I mean, I was, you know, live, loving rap music and I was doing all the things my parents weren't excited about, but I, I was, you know, attending rallies. I was, it was already innately in me. I think if, if there's anything that we know when it comes to social causes, it's like that inkling that fires there. It's just how do, um, how do we nurture it? And so having teachers like him who, who allowed for the openness to be able to read topics like that, um, with racial issues, poverty, domestic violence, I mean, all of that, you know, it was all in there. And, um, so that was another teacher I won't forget. Um, and I mean, there's just so many, I'm trying to think of who my 10th grade 
English teacher was. I, I um, was actually just thinking when you were talking about um, Black Boy, that was uh, Richard Wright. Richard Wright, yeah. Richard Wright. You know, we talk a lot now of in the educational world and in the library world about the importance of own voices books. Totally. And that I think, you know, there there were others. And obviously now we have, I mean, not not as many <laughs> authors, you know, who but you know, there's we're we're expanding and you know, of course. Angie Thomas's book is another one um, mm -hmm. that is controversial, but also is, you know, I, I know um, they read The Hate You Give, um, and yep. her other books are actually also fabulous um, yes. uh, on the come up, which was the follow up to that. Like, in a way, I felt like that was even better because it like the first one was like, here's here's something very current that a lot of people yes. are talking about. Let's let's discuss it. And then with the other one, she's like, OK, let's dig a little bit deeper into everything um but you know like i think with the richard wright book one of the things that was so good was really it was one of the first books that was introduced that was about the topic of social justice and it was written by um a black man who like was had lived this and well, it's his memoir right I absolutely mean, yeah. yeah so it wasn't like you know like we you know i'm, I'm not saying like you know we we read to kill a mockingbird which but yes. it's a very different story than a story that's written by somebody who lived it as opposed to being adjacent to it and being white and commenting on the topic which you know again like I, i'm not knocking to kill a mockingbird it's a great book it's a classic but the idea of having um a high school class read black boy in the 90s yep. which was really a, an adult own voices book is just you know yeah that was pretty uh radical at the time yeah it's I mean, radical now. It's, it's totally and we're talking yeah. about it right now you and i right after all these years um it's one of the first things that popped to my mind when you asked me the question and what i do remember is um right before we had read it it was a, only a year only a year had happened when before um, a Florida, you know, person, I don't know if it was a school or a um, town had had a bad, oh, it was like a school system. And I think it was Jacksonville had, uh, had basically, you know, banned, challenged the book and banned it. And, and for a lot of the schools saying that um, it would make kids of different races have hard feelings. And so it was the, the truth of that scared this place. Right. And so that when I wrote my book, um, one of the hardest things was, uh, here I am, you know, really loving everything about my culture, whether it's the yoga or that it's brought to the West, you know, the meditation, all of these wonderful, beautiful, um, aspects of Indian culture. Uh, there's, there are so many. And yet one of the things that I constantly questioned as a child was, um, was this, unequal status of women and men in India. And I mean, everywhere, even where I saw it here, but for me, culturally, I was torn between two worlds. I was an American and I was Indian and I was in this you know, world. And so that was something that was really important to me um, to write an own voice book in that, in that narrative, to understand um, the light and dark of, of somewhere I love deeply and dearly. Um, and, and the, almost the call and cry for change to occur is, is beyond, um, 
you know, is, is beyond the words of my novel. It's just, just to spark that awareness and to bring them in the world. So yeah, I, I do. I think there is something that happens through the pages as turning the pages, you know, with a pun and no pun intended, but as you turn the pages of a book, um, in an own voice book, there is, um, there's a heart and soul that comes into that, that is deeper that than anything else, because, and that's probably what stood out about full circle coming full circle with black boy, um, for me. And yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to think of my, so who, who was teaching honors English in 10th grade? It was, uh, miss I'm trying to remember that one of the teachers, um, I, I remember. So this is, there was miss Pissar, was it? There was, it was another with, male teacher, he, Mr. With the G maybe Mr. Who with his last name might've started with the G. I can't, I can't, remember. I can't remember. I know there was a, there was Mr. Board. Oh, Mr. Board was my, um, that's so funny. I didn't have him as a teacher. However, I was uh, an officer in the Martin Luther King Jr. Club. Yeah. Uh, another advocate. Yeah, that was, yep. That was him. Yeah. And uh, he was also just, I loved hearing his stories, you know, of him in the sixties and, and rallying and, you know, all of it. <laughs> and he played, he played guitar in class. That I remember he had like, some he he performed this song and I, I never had him either but he was always around and we always knew what he was about and I just remember he played some song to the tune of honky tonk woman just really about, I like, don't remember yeah it was just like it was just so like in a way I always found that really bold because you're like if you're gonna sing a song on a guitar like to a bunch of high school kids yeah you yeah. know like that you're really opening yourself up and um, he, but he, he really did, you know, like believe in everything and was really about sharing that part of himself. So yeah, yeah. I, everyone I, who, who on, who's come on here, who's talked about him has mentioned that they remember him playing guitar in class. Yeah. I, you know, I forgot that he was an English teacher. I just knew him as um, Mr. Board, our Martin Luther King Jr. club advisor. And he, he was just, it was so wonderful to hear. I mean, when he did, when we did talk about um, change and, and he just, he had it, he had the heart in it. Right. And that was just really beautiful because some of the questions I'd have or, um, or, or just any topic we talked about in our club meetings and even some of the, uh, some of the marches we did, he was just really a great resource and yeah, he was a good guy. Um, I, I feel bad because I think that sometimes he, really wanted us to do more, but we were high school kids. And I think we were just like, sometimes it was a lot more social than we were <laughs> than making, you know, out there making change. But yeah. when I was inspired by him, we were really inspired. So, you know, if, if, if he, I just, if he ever listens to this, then yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. If we, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he, I'm sure he understands. And to be totally. honest, like here you are writing, you know, yes a book about sisters in India and, um, you know, like human trafficking. And that is, you, you went to, I mean, you went to Uganda to, you know, be a dentist. So even if it was social, totally, <laughs> it still was social for the sake of, you know, planting those seeds of, yeah. uh, that so I mean that's pretty uh pretty great okay so actually so I'm I'm grabbing my yearbook here because now now it's on 
Yeah, now it's on. Now it's on. Um, yeah, I wish I had mine with me. We would go through it together. <laughs> okay, so let me see. So the English department, okay. um, there was Miss Basong, Nathan okay. Board, who we spoke about before. Yeah. Um, let's see, Edward uh, Ch Chichio. I'm trying to remember. Oh, him. I do remember yeah. that name. Okay. Um. Let's see. Um. Um, Barry Groden, Harriet Garak. Okay. Um, yeah, see, this is like now is there, where I... Was there a Gould? Maybe I'm thinking of something that else. Sounds, no, that sounds, that sounds about right. Um, Gould, right? There was, oh, let's see, Stephen Collier we spoke about, Collins, um, I believe. Oh, was she Collins. the one who had the British accent? Or was there it... was Collins, you're right. Um and I don't, you know, it's hard to remember who I had every year. Like I must have had someone that I'm missing. Lydia Esslinger, but she's mostly known as the forensics. Um, yeah, she was forensics. There's, there's a lot of people. This, we, yeah. we had a big school. A big school. I mean, and it's, apparently it's much bigger now, but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's, fr it's actually frighteningly bigger at the moment, um, you know, when, I mean, obviously, um, you know, between COVID and other unfortunate reasons why uh, schools are pretty much difficult to yeah. get into. Um, yeah, um, but I have gone into the high school for um, work stuff. Um, and I cannot believe how much they have added to this school. It's like, the hallways they just found ways to add more hallways and um you know sometimes when i tell people how big our graduating class was i mean obviously we have nothing on cities but um for you know the island and for other people who you know lived in um smaller towns yeah, yeah they're just like wait what i yeah i i mean i honestly don't remember how many um i just i just know that i recently went to my niece's graduation and I was completely shocked. It was so big. Um, and I don't think ours was that big, but then someone told me that I, that Sayasa is almost like double, triple its size at this point now. So that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, because we, we used to um, rent out the Tilly Center, I think, mm. in LIU for our graduation. Mm -hmm. And then uh, by the time my brother graduated 10 years later, it was, I think, like Hofstra University or something. Yeah, where did we have our graduation? I remember we had it 99. Um, I can't recall. I do know that we had bodyguards at our graduation because, oh, because Natalie was Natalie Portman yes, yes, with yes, us. Yes. And I do remember feeling like, where are we going? Like we were like shuttled there and you know, it was it was it was just felt like a big, big thing. Um whereas you know, I was like, oh, like, you know, I had friends graduating in, sm in small towns nearby that they were just doing it at their school, you know, <laughs> like we're, we're yeah, just so, that's, so that's like, that's, that's true. And we actually had Natalie on here. Oh, you did? No, and she like Mr. Collier is one of her favorite people. Oh. Um, I had a class with her with Mr. Collier. Yeah. And that was actually uh, the password to get into the meeting was Mr. Collier. And the first oh, thing she so said funny. when she comes on is, is Mr. Collier going to be here? Am I getting a surprise? And we're like, we're sorry. We just, we knew he was a teacher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, um, that, that makes some, that makes a lot of sense. I, I do remember hearing about that. Uh, but yeah, do you ever get back here? Yes. Yeah, so I would love to, I, I actually was just there. Um, I had a, my family lives not too far away. Um, and so my cousin had her wedding in Huntington. And so I went back, we went to the wedding. Uh, I was, it was so surreal to be on Long Island again. I felt really good. I was showing my kids like, you know, the Italian ice spot down the street from my old house, like all of it. They're like, why? I was like, yes, we used to spend a lot of time in these places. And then um, the train station, all of it. And then my friend from years ago just moved to Sayasset and I, and his neighborhood is near where it was. So I, we stayed with him. Um, and you know, it was really nice to just be in my old town, uh, with his family. And, and so, yeah, we definitely would love to, I'd love to make it back. I'd love to come and, um, and, you know, even just visit the high school. I was, I, I just recently gave a talk over at Merrick. It's a small college out here in San Diego. Um, and what I started realizing is at that age, um, there was just, it, it was just like your, my mind was so open. Right. And I remember feeling like, um, hearing these topics of conversation on social change uh, and what to do about it. And so one of the talks I gave was just writing for social change. I mean, this, it's such a easy way to express yourself and then create, you know, something, some sort of ripple effect in the world. And so the whole writing exercise was based on that. And so I always thought about how imagine, um, imagine in Syosset High School, if I had had that, what would that have, it would have probably already, I had such a great foundation there. Um, so yeah, I'd love to one day come back and, you know, present visit, book, talk maybe? about that. <laughs> uh, present your book or talk yeah. about, um, yeah, even at the library, I don't know if you've been there when we renovated, but. Um... So I want to see the renovation because I spent I can't tell you how much time at that library. <laughs> I was, I feel like a, um, an OG. It was back when, you know, you had the, we had the card catalog, like it was real. Like the, it was no yeah. The, the sad, so the sad thing about the card catalog is, um, you know, that they've become collector's pieces. Oh, really? Okay. But card catalogs in general are like a hot commodity. I, and... I do have a bookmark. Someone gave me from a New York, um, you know, there was like a, for giving a talk or, you know, I was speaking to a friend and she gave me a bookmark right, of right. A card catalog. And I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. You know, oh, it's so it's, it's totally like a hot piece of furniture and has been for quite a while. I actually have um, a smaller one now downstairs, but when I, when I was a, a library student and I just started as a trainee at Syosset library, which, um, you know, I, I kind of, I started there and I didn't expect to now have a 20 year career there, but, um, they were saying to me, someone had said, oh, you know, the old card catalog catalogs are downstairs and we're going to get rid of them. Do you want one? And I remember thinking that would be really cool, but I still live in my parents' house and it's packed oh, and I can't wow. imagine that they'd let me keep it. So I was just like, oh, I'd like to, but no, thank you. And I now I'm just like, I should have been like, oh. we're doing this. Let's move all of this stuff. Yes. because." Now that Syosset Library and the town of Syosset has kind of become so important to my career and, in, you know, just in general, and libraries basically being, to me, just a very important way of getting oh, stories out amazing. and, you know, having books, you know, 
I'm just like, I, I really wanted that piece of seasset history, but what, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. What are you going to do? Oh no. Well, I have to tell my, my friend who gave me this bookmark. Thank you. It's a collector's piece. I I didn't realize. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Um... It's, it's really, it's really crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we would, I mean, it would be great to have, you know, obviously to have your book in the library yeah, um, I'd love to. and, you know, to just connect. I mean, obviously, you know, when I was a kid, um, the community, you know, was most was mostly white, but um, some diversity was coming in, we were getting, you know, more South Asian, East Asian. Um, yeah, definitely, it was changing. And now, I, I believe the demographic is very much um, more diverse than it was when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, we we do have a lot of um, adults and teenagers who do want to read stories by authors who are, you know, um, who they can see their own heritage in, they can see themselves mm -hmm. in. And we also have, you know, just, um, you know, we have white readers who want to read about different cultures and learn you know, from the, from the voices, uh, you know, of the, the uh, own voices, you know, I, I think, um, I, I can't wait to see your book in the library. I think it'll be really cool. I would love to it would be an honor. I'd love to, um, yeah, let me know how, you know, it's, I know that I don't, I don't know how libraries order. It's obviously on Ingram or if yeah, um, if can help facilitate anything, um, or even, you know, be there and, uh, whatever it is, I, cool. I would love to, Play homage to um to just my hometown yeah it's it's been it's been really awesome to uh we have a little facebook chat of syacid high school graduates and um and so i want to thank um you know one of them tom he he was you know kind of who had i spoken to my friend anila um as well uh still my friend she when i we lost touch a little but when i told her i'm you know I'm coming out with my book. She was my partner in crime during Ken. So we would, you know, putting together a magazine, we would stay late. Um, and it took a long time. It would be dark sometimes, you know, we'd come driving home. Uh, but really, I think it's it's just there's SAS is a really special place, right? It's like it's hard to describe in words. Um, but it is, it's a really special town for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like this, you, I think it's also important to say it was a town that certainly had money to bring the resources. So we were yeah. very privileged in that yeah. way. I mean, you know, I remember when I went to college and I mentioned that we had uh, we had a TV studio in our school. Yeah. Yeah. And people were like, I don't understand, you know, you had a TV studio yeah. in your school. I mean, of course, now we all walk around with cameras more powerful than oh, yeah, what was that? Yeah. and editing tools that are crazy. But back in that time period, I mean, that was, that was really huge. And not only that, but we had the teachers yeah. behind it who, you know, you want to do, you want to be a writer. We have Ken, you want to yeah. be involved in social justice. We have the Martin Luther King club. You want to do TV production or radio here you go. We, yep, we got we it. We'll, we'll make you, we'll make this happen. And um, it is, it, it was a very special place and it was a very lucky place. And I think a lot of 
people didn't realize that for quite a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, we realized my, um, it was like, so I was born in Queens, um, with my immigrant family and my parents who says it was like their dream. I mean, it was their end stop. Like they, they made their way to long Island and, you know, we had an extended family living in our house with like my aunts and my uncles and my grandparents and my cousin who was just immigrated. And I mean, everybody lived with us and my dad and mom were like, their, um, uh, you know, they were there, there's their, I guess the roots of how they're going to get, uh, build their life in, in New York. And so, um, it was really my parents' determination to get to Syosset. They were like, their two best friends were there that they had come to the country with. And they said, it's a, such a good town, the school district. And so when we finally got there, I was 13 and, um, or 12, I believe it was 12. Yep. And I remember just knowing that this is a good place. Cause my parents did everything in their power to get there. Um, and so yeah, I mean to say the privilege was there. They they knew it. They knew that SAS is, is a you know it, like you mentioned, lucky to have all of the things that that were there. Um, yeah, which, yeah, for sure. So thank you so much. This was um, really yeah. really fun. I I like it. Any interview where um, I get to talk about a book and then I get to pull out the yearbook and start <laughs> talking about that is uh, a good, a good chat. Um, so um, if people want to um, find out more about deep origins, where can they look? Yeah. So deep origins um, where we have a website, but more um, importantly, it's just more of our like e-commerce website, but if they'd like to find out more about the book, um, they can go to www.formysisterbook.com and they'll find information about me, about our company, but, um, also, uh, just everything that I'm doing, uh, plus information on, on the book itself. Awesome. Thank you so much. Are you going to work on another book after this? I should have asked you that I before. Am. Yeah, I am working on another book. Um, and Hopefully we'll chat again about it. <laughs> awesome. So once again, this was Jessica with Turn the Page Podcast. Our guest today was... Pujasha. And we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.